Hello and welcome to another edition of the Metrospective. Pete McCarthy along with Tim Britton. Tim, how are you? How are you holding up? So Pete, I made the mistake yesterday of attempting physical activity within my apartment. It only took two months. Uh, I know. I finally carved out some me time uh, to do some working out now that the work schedule has finally has finally relented a little bit with these no baseball games for two months. Uh, the apartment is fine, but my body is broken. I have there's I, I did a, a workout like it, it was an intimidating workout. Uh, it was something written about on The Athletic uh, for a college football for like Georgia Tech's work from home workout. And I was like, you know what? Those are football players. Let me reduce, let me limit, no weight. I'm just going to do the movements. And I'm going to do like half of the ones that they did. It still, it still destroyed me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, jumping into a, a college football workout when you haven't done anything for a little while may may do that. I will say I've never felt older than during this uh, whole pandemic situation and in fact i am older than i have ever been but my beard is out there's gray everywhere like patches of gray not just a stray hair here or there that was kind of a new thing and then i've been going out jogging just to get the heck out of the apartment a few days a week and every time i come back i can't walk my joints (laughs) knees feet i mean everything it's all falling apart it's all going to hell tim i mean that's really (laughs) what's happening here but time moves on um as far as when we might have some baseball, well, we have Korean baseball right now. We'll take that. I have not stayed up for one of these games yet, Tim. Have you? No, I. You know, I threw one on because they're replaying them in the afternoon. I threw one on uh, yesterday afternoon, or I guess Wednesday afternoon, uh, just while I was doing some other things around the house. Uh, you know, it's nice to have in the background, but it is I, like they have enough crowd. There's enough of like a murmur that it doesn't sound like it's an empty crowd. It sounds. Like it's the fifteenth inning of a game, the home team is losing nine nothing. Uh, there's like a in sma- Miami. I don't I don't know how they've created that effect, uh, but it's still jarring that it's that quiet. Uh, it's just you know you're used to like I talked to Gary Cohen the other day. Uh, you're used to like certain cues as a as a broadcaster or as a, someone who watches a baseball game on TV or in the park of like a crowd noise that indicates something. Uh, and this doesn't have that. Like a guy, I, I was looking down, reading something, a guy hit a home run, uh, and I had no idea it had happened. Yeah. Like I looked up, I'm like, wait, it's one nothing. When did that happen? Yeah, as an announcer, how do you bring that energy when that energy isn't around you at all, especially if we end up seeing Major League Baseball games broadcast remotely, like the Korean games are being uh, broadcast remotely on ESPN. Yeah, you know, and I, when I was watching, they they lost their feed at one point. It was you, you realize like, oh yeah, this this is still kind of a an experimental thing. Even that even ESPN is going through uh, these hiccups. And you can check out uh, your story talking with Gary Cohen, what he has been up to, and how he is monitoring whether baseball will come back, what it might look like, Major League Baseball at least. Of course, uh, Major League Baseball is expected to offer a return-to-play proposal to the Players Association within a week per ESPN, and that was confirmed by the Athletics' own Ken Rosenthal. So uh, maybe we have a better idea of what this might all look like, this great dream of having baseball, and maybe more importantly, what needs to be in line in terms of testing, atmosphere, uh, what needs to be available in those departments in order to have baseball in a way that's A, safe, and B, not putting a drag on the rest of the country? 
Yeah, like, look, I, I don't know that we'll get the, whatever you define as the best case scenario these days, whether that's, whether you think we still have a shot at, at fans in a, in a stadium in, in 2020, whether it's just playing playing games in home parks, whether it's playing games at all. Uh, I don't know that we'll get, like, what, what this first proposal is going to be. I don't know that we'll get exactly that. But that Major League Baseball is coming up with something that, you know, the players union can talk to them about and, and the owners and then go back and forth and kind of adapt that plan as events around them warrant. Uh, it's nice. I think it's nicer to have a framework that you could then adjust and adapt accordingly than to still be going blindly into like, we don't know what we're going to do for another month. You know, absolutely. It, it's and nice. There's to no have- reason not to look at every possible scenario and then, OK, how do we make this work? Let's negotiate it out with the players now rather than. Maybe you are in a situation to play baseball, be ready to go, and then you get bogged down in a negotiation, which, I mean, there would be a lot of pressure on the sport as a whole. I mean, you go back to the 94 strike, right? And, you know, Congress and and politicians, all these different people get involved. Well, if baseball is going to come back now, one of the ideas would be, hey, this is something that will be important for people that, you know, are socially distancing, that are at home. They could have some sports as entertainment. Baseball could play a role that it has at various times throughout its history. And it's a much bigger thing. And if all of a sudden they're not playing because they don't know how to split the money, that's not going to go down so well. Yeah, like it, uh, it's funny because the money issue is a legitimate issue. You know, the, the players kind of view it as a settled matter because they, they reached the agreement uh, back in March. And the owners kind of are, are thinking if, if fans aren't there, then we've got to redo this. And it's just a matter of like who can look pettier about this. <laughs> uh, because clearly, like if, if you're in a position where physically and, and pub, in a, a public health wise able to play and you start uh, having this spat about money, uh, no one wins that PR battle. No, not right now. Not during a global pandemic that has impacted this country in the way that it has. But let's dive into some things specific to the New York Mets. And basically what we have to do right now is is to look ahead, right? Everything is in front of us in terms of uh, the New York Mets, obviously, with not a whole lot happening now. Uh, you had a story that people could check out. And I ask, what is this Mets rotation going to look like in the future? And it's kind of the type of thing that for where you go back to about, what, 2014, uh, you've basically been able to you know, just take the rotation for granted. <laughs> there are going to be really good pitchers in the rotation, and you worry about one or two going down, but generally the Mets starting pitching at the very least has been effective. Uh, we've seen Jacob deGrom emerge as a perennial Cy Young threat, if not perennial Cy Young winner with a back-to-back. But now you look ahead to next year, Tim, as you broke down in your story, there are more uncertain areas in the rotation than than certainties going into 2021 yeah and this is where the the injury to Noah Syndergaard you know you can imagine if if it were a circumstance where he had Tommy John surgery in November or December and he was just missing 2020 you'd say man they they really caught a break here he's going to miss a season but it's a season that that's different uh, and that you had an additional starter in Michael Waka to, to step in and, and you could kind of endure that it's 2021 where that injury really hits you because you're losing Marcus Str- you know Marcus Stroman's going to be a free agent at the end of the year uh, Porcello and Waka will be free agents at the end of the year guys you could probably pursue a little bit more easily than Stroman if you wanted to keep them but if you know at the st- opening day 2021 okay you've got DeGrom on the mound that day 
You can have Mats on the mound for game two. You have no idea who's starting three, four, and five for you. And that's a, the Mets haven't had to answer that question, like you said, in six or seven years. You know, they've added guys to their rotation from outside the organization, whether it's Cologne or, or Jason Vargas or Porcello and Waka this year. But they've, they've almost always been back half of the rotation guys. Stroman is the only one who's been a, a, a front half of the rotation guy. And that was essentially to replace another one uh, in Zach Wheeler that they knew they were going to lose. So it's the first time they've been looking for that kind of guy uh, in, you know, in a while uh, in free agency or whether they try to keep any of these guys or, or how they try to construct this rotation moving forward for 2020, 2021, and beyond. If you're bored in the house, bored in the house, just bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving, thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. It's about to heat up in New York. Summer is coming, so make sure to thin your thicket. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. You don't need that. Shaving is about to be nick-free, thanks to Manscaped Advanced Skin Safe Technology. Get 20% off at free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-shaping Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. Well, let's start with Syndergaard. So you had the Tommy John surgery at the end of March, I believe it was, right? It was right before everything really blew up. Uh, So typically that surgery is 12 to 18 months. So if we're looking at a best-case scenario, what are we looking at? I mean, he comes back maybe June of 2021, and you could get about 100 innings. Is that too rosy a picture? Is that a a fair best-case possibility for Syndergaard next season? Yeah, I mean, that, look, there are guys that come back from this in 12 months. I think Mike Pelfrey, when he had Tommy John surgery, came back, had it in late March and was ready for opening day the next year when he was pitching in Minnesota. Uh, but it's not something you really count on with anyone. I, I like to give guys basically like a 14 or 15-month recovery. Uh, and so, you know, you think of you have it in March, that's June or July the next year coming back. So, yeah, I, I think if you get – 16 starts out of Noah Syndergaard in 2021, you know, half of a season, that's probably a good outcome for you uh, as an organization. So I think that's probably what I would, what I'd be hoping for with the idea that, you know, it might be 10, it might be something less than that. So you go into this offseason, you know, and he's Syndergaard was slated to make $9.7 million in a full 2020 season. So for next year, he's still in arbitration. Uh, you can't go lower than that. So he's going to get about $10 million uh, via arbitration if the Mets decide to tender him a contract. I, I think you've got to give him that as long as you have, as long as you think he's going to pitch really at all for you in 2021. Unless, unless there's some setback that, that suggests to you, man, he might miss the entire season. Uh, and not be uh, an option for us at all in 2021, I think he's worth that gamble because of how good he can be and because that allows you to then give him a qualifying offer, trade him, or, or you know, basically just have him in your organization for that extra year. Well, this is where you'd love to extend Syndergaard's contract that extra year, and maybe he would be open to that so they could have a full season going into free agency. Now, I'm not sure that's as important as maybe it once was because – 
you have so many of these teams that aren't paying guys for what they've done in the past. They're paying guys based on what they're forecasting them to do in the future. It's one of the reasons why Zach Wheeler was paid so much money in Philadelphia. So if that's the thought process of these teams, maybe they would be fine if Syndergaard, even if he only made 10 starts in 2020, they'd still be, or 2021, I should say, they'd still be willing to pay him big time money but you'd love from obviously from the Mets point of view and maybe from Syndergaard to see if there could be a, a two-year extension, something like that, that you could work out. It gives him an extra year guaranteed whether or not he comes back healthy from this surgery, which would be a plus in Syndergaard's favor. And maybe you get a full full throttle season of Syndergaard uh, a couple of years in the future. Yeah, I mean, that would be a really interesting free agency for him. Let's say, you know, he comes back and makes 10 to 15 starts in 2021, and he's, you know, he's okay. Like, he, he's not dominant. He doesn't enter on this this great finishing kick. He goes through kind of the usual steps that a guy goes through uh, coming back from Tommy Johnson. He has, has maybe like Zach Wheeler's end of 2017, or, or uh, even how Wheeler looked at the start of 2018, where, you know, there, there are signs there, but it's not there yet. Uh, you know, and the Mets extend him a qualifying offer. Like if you're a, if you're a team, you're not going to give a guy a one-year pillow contract, kind of like the Adrian Beltre with the Red Sox contract, the Josh Donaldson with the Braves contract, kind of a make good one-year deal and give up a draft pick for a guy. You're going to want to, if you're giving up a draft pick, you're going to want to sign him longer term. And I, you know, will teams want to sign Noah Syndergaard long-term and will they be at terms that he wants to agree to long-term? Is he going to want a five-year deal that maybe values him lower than he would have if he were healthy? So that I think opens up a window for the Mets to say, look, you know, this December, before he's come back and thrown a pitch, if they feel good enough about his recovery, we'll give you a two-year deal. You know, it pays you something like 10 or 12 million in 2021 and then we'll offer, you know, for 2022, you'll get more than what the qualifying offer would be. So that's around 19 million. So, you know, maybe a two year, $32 million, two year, 34, $35 million deal. Uh, that gives you the full 2022 season to, to showcase yourself before you hit free agency. And you wouldn't go and, and you'd be able to go in kind of off of your best look rather than off of this abbreviated look and maybe land the, the five or six year deal, uh, 20 million plus per season and everything you wanted in free agency before this happened. So, I mean, it is conceivable that the Mets and Syndergaard could have this discussion. It could make sense for both sides. And, you know, look, uh, I think it, maybe it is a win-win and something that these two can look at uh, in the future. And then uh, you look about at the rest of this Mets rotation, what it might look like in 2021, you mentioned Jacob DeGrom, Steven Matz, maybe you get a little bit from Noah Syndergaard, and then you kinda, you're kind of you off the pier at that point and wondering what's going to happen uh, with Marcus Stroman, Rick Porcello, Michael Waka, all free agents after this 2020 season. Let's start with Stroman. I'll tell you what, <laughs> you look at the free agents that are ahead, and you put in your article, Stroman and Trevor Bauer would be at the top of the class. I... I was not thoroughly impressed with Marcus Stroman with what he showed, granted in two months in a Mets uniform at the end of last season. I, I can't imagine paying him like an ace. Uh, what do you make of, of Stroman and what his fit might be long-term with the Mets? Yeah, so, you know, I before spring training, I had looked at kind of, you know, what kind of contract would it take to extend him before he hits free agency? Not that I expected that to happen at that point. Uh, and... 
you know, like a guy whose numbers he seems similar to and a, a different kind of style was Homer Bailey before Bailey signed the, the six-year $105 million deal with the Reds. That, that Look, it was a disaster for Cincinnati. That doesn't mean that Homer Bailey wasn't good beforehand. He had thrown two no-hitters. Uh, they just decided that Bailey was the guy worth extending instead of uh, Johnny Cueto, and that was a, a big mistake. It is um, scary, Tim. I mean, I, know, I, I, I could mean, do that's... without that particular comp <laughs> when you start thinking of you know signing Stroman long term, and the number one guy you're putting him next to is Homer Bailey. I mean, the the thing about Stroman is is he's he's going to be younger hitting free agency than most guys. He's going to hit it at age 29 before you know it'll be his age 30 season next year. Uh, and as a sinker baller, who relies a little bit less on velocity, a little bit less on strikeouts. You think maybe he's able to hold that into his 30s better than some other guys. Uh, at the same time, because he is that type of pitcher, uh, he's a little re- a little bit reliant on your defense, which is not a strength for the Mets and doesn't figure to be a strength for them that much going forward. Uh, is he the guy you want? You know, if you're going to give a second starting pitcher a uh, $20 million plus annual contract, is Stroman the guy you want to make that investment in? They decided Zach Wheeler was not that guy. Uh, even though Wheeler, again, was young, hitting free agency, had more of the strikeout stuff, less of a, a track record than Stroman, but maybe better stuff. Uh, they decided Wheeler was not that guy they wanted going forward. And, you know, maybe they were thinking at that time, Syndergaard will be that guy. And now that's a harder commitment to make given the, the health issues. So I think the big question the Mets have to answer is not just who's going to fill out this rotation in, in 2021. It's kind of who do we want to be DeGrom's number two sidekick there long term? Because, he, you know, you're starting. You're building a rotation for the future. You've got the big piece. You've got the ace. That's the hardest thing to get. It's it's like building an NFL team. Like you've got the quarterback, but you've got to figure out uh, the main weapon next to him. You got to find a good wide receiver. You've got to find that number two who's going to start behind him uh, in a playoff series or, or in a big series for you. Uh, and they had a, a bunch of options. They had you know you thought for a while you had Harvey and Wheeler and Syndergaard and, and you brought in Stroman. Are Harvey and Wheeler are gone, or Syndergaard might be off the table. Is Stroman that guy now by default, or is there someone else you want that to be? And in part of that answer, you hit on something that's so vital for the Mets to have a good rotation, is the defense stinks. And it doesn't figure to get a whole lot better with the way that this team is set up. So if you have a poor defensive team, the Mets have been able to I don't even know if overcome is the right word, but at least it hasn't been as painful as it could have been because you've had a starting staff that can rack up strikeouts and that is better suited to handle not having good defenders behind them. But if you start looking ahead to, again, as soon as next season, if the defense is still poor and now you don't have strikeout guys in that rotation, you have a real double whammy in a lot of ways like not only is your pitching worse but your run prevention could absolutely fall apart yeah i mean you look at one of the things one of the rationalizations i guess for their team defense being as bad as it was for a while was you could say with with sandy alderson think thinking things through was kind of well, you know, we've got a young, strikeout-oriented starting staff. Guys are putting the ball in play less across the league, and in particular against the Mets. Why invest in defense? Why not sell out a little bit more to help what was at that point, you know, in 2014 and 2015, a team that really needed offensive help? So that explains why, you know, you're willing to play as Drupal Cabrera at shortstop. You're willing to trade out Juan Lagares in center field for uh, a Yoenis Cespedes playing there in the World Series kind of thing. Uh, so... You know, it made a little bit of sense then, but the Mets are kind of dealing with that aftermath now. 
Uh, and now they don't have that strength in their rotation. Because even Syndergaard's strikeout rate has been down. He's not quite the strikeout pitcher that he was when he first came up. So outside of DeGrom, it's not really a strikeout-oriented uh, starting rotation. Uh, and so that leaves the defense to expose itself a little bit more. There are certain times when you don't want to have to go to the doctor's office to get help for a medical condition. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment as soon as possible. So that's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you could cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com Mets for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com Mets for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And we thank you for supporting our sponsors. Well, let's say the Mets, they do go big game hunting. And maybe they feel, as we've discussed, that Stroman's not the perfect fit long term. Uh, he doesn't strike out as many guys as, as some other top of the rotation type of starters. And then you look at someone like, say, Trevor Bauer, who would be available and strikes out over 10 batters uh, per nine innings over the course of the last few seasons. I guess just for fun, what do you think Trevor Bauer would be like in New York? His personality, everything that he brings. He's a guy that might be a media figure long term, and New York might be a place that he would want to go, but he would be under a much different kind of microscope than he experiences in Cleveland and now Cincinnati, and, and he has found attention both positive and negative over the years, even being in those small markets. Yeah, I mean, he might be a, a little bit of a, a lightning rod. He's been candid with the press and uh, has uh, has sparred with with the the beat writers. Whether I know I know that happened in Cleveland a few years back when uh, one of the writers said he didn't think they would win a playoff series and they went to the World Series. Trevor did not mind reminding him of that. Um, you know, and, and I think one of the interesting things with him is he's said for a while that. Even when he hits free agency, he doesn't want a long-term deal. He wants to go year to year mm. the way he does in arbitration. He really enjoys that uh, and kind of proving himself year after year. So if 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 you're a team like the Mets who has a, a vacancy, like do you want to go, okay, let's sign him for a year, see how it works. That, that's maybe a little bit more appealing, especially with a guy that you don't know how he's going to work in the city uh, and in this market than signing him to a six-year long-term deal where if it if it it blows up in your face right away. You, there's no out. Mm. Uh, it's a little bit more palatable uh, to take on the risk when it's one year. You probably have to pay a little bit more for it. Um, but you know, you can see how that works. I think I think he's still an option because of that. But you know, we just haven't seen the Mets spend in that area of free agency in that stratosphere of free agency in a long time. Would a, a one-year deal? be more palatable i mean there's so many uncertainties with the Mets ownership right but if the Wilpons still own the team you would think a, a one-year deal might be easier for them to pull off for that reason as well um 
Although you, you could probably argue, well, if they know they're going to sell it, you can do a long-term deal and then not have a whole lot in the front, right? I mean, you just stick it to the next guy. Yeah, I mean, the, it's true. You could, you could say it's it's easier for a team that is looking to sell, okay, we'll sign Bauer for one year and, and 25 or $30 million rather than signing Jose Quintana for, for four years and $60 million. That, that's easier. That's less less tied to the sale now, or you could take the Jeffrey Loria approach and sign Giancarlo Stan to a 13-year deal where the first three he makes about 15 bucks uh, and the last 10 he makes $300 million and sell after year three. That was that was kind of the plan for Loria all along and, and he executed it well. I don't know that the Wilpons can do that quite the same way uh, with the team already up for sale to, to make a move quite like that. Now, how about uh, internal options here, Tim? The Mets, they... They could have had Anthony Kay, um, you know, Simeon Woods Richardson Delta to the Toronto Blue Jays as well as part of that Stroman deal. And now you're looking at David Peterson, a former first round pick who was impressive in spring training. We talked about as being a depth piece for this upcoming year. Uh, you have Franklin Killame, Kevin Smith, Thomas Sapuki, Jordan Humphreys, uh, to, to name a few. There's probably not a can't miss pitching prospect in this group, but you know, where might there be a high ceiling? Where could you see one of these guys uh, coming through, grabbing a spot and actually being good within it? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about a guy you want to be a, a number one or number two starter in the system, you're probably going all the way down to, to Matthew Allen, who they just drafted out of high school last year. So he's that that's years away. But in, in Peterson, Smith, Kilome, Zapucky, Humphreys, that, that's a, a group of guys who could be kind of fourth and fifth starters. Uh, and look, that's not sexy. That's not what you're really excited about. But those, you know, you'd rather have one of those guys making the league minimum in your rotation than having to pay Rick Porcello ten million dollars to be your fifth starter, kind of thing. Uh, Peterson is the guy who is closest to that. He's got the first round pedigree. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of a crafty lefty, despite being six foot six. The stuff doesn't blow you away. He's only about ninety two, ninety three, but it works pretty well for him because of that size. Uh, and he, he's he's kind of like a pitchability style guy. Uh, so, and, and I think he's, he's the closest to being major league ready. I don't, I'm, I keep trying to decide whether this whole suspension of the season at this point is good or bad for him. Because I think in the long term you look at it, man, it would have been really nice for him to start a regular season at AAA to be a major league option all year. You know, he threw 130 innings last year. He could bump up to 150 if you needed him to, 160 if you really needed him to. Uh, but, you know, you wouldn't know if there'd be a real major league opportunity for him uh, much beyond a spot start here or there. Whereas in a shortened season where maybe you need a six starter, maybe he becomes that six starter and he throw, you know, like he pitches, he gets 10 or 12 starts for you, maybe 15 starts for you uh, in, in a shortened season at the major league level. You get a better chance to evaluate whether you can go into 2021 with this guy as a full time member of your staff. I just worry if, if you're going from, OK, through 130 innings and a career high last year down to maybe he throws 80 this year can you count on him to go bounce right back up and be a 160 inning pitcher for you next year well uh, as a regular member of your rotation you know that, the Verducci that's effect probably... is coming for everybody Tim <laughs> I, I mean everybody's gonna be on that list in 2021 that's, that's true there there no one is safe from that uh I, you know and like Smith is kind of in the same same boat a, a guy who who probably possesses even less intimidating stuff, but has just made it work at every level he's been at. Uh, and look, the, the guys who do that, that 
bodes pretty well for you. Zapucky might have the highest ceiling of those guys. Mm-hmm. He's been really, really good when he's pitched. Uh, it's just he's dealt with injuries here and there. It came back from the Tommy John last year. Mm-hmm. So this is he's another guy. This was a really important year for him developmentally to kind of see what he could do fully healthy because uh, he's got a little bit of Chris Sale in him. Uh, I don't think he's got that high of a ceiling uh and and it's possible he ends up as a, a seventh or eighth inning left-handed arm out of the bullpen but he's he's got more of a chance i think to be uh maybe a third starter rather than a fourth or fifth guy out of that group and isn't that going to be you know a fascinating thing in all this even if we have major league baseball we might not have any minor league baseball at all and you could just have the minor leaguers competing against one another at the spring training facilities and being ready in a pinch to go up to the major league level. If you have expanded rosters, they might be uh, available out of the bullpen, depending on how all of this is structured. But I mean, it's going to be fascinating what teams decide to do with these pitchers. How do you replicate in-game innings? How do you build from one year to the next if all you can really do is throw glorified uh, batting practice? Yeah, I mean, there, there are certain major league organizations that don't like having minor league teams and would prefer it this way. And this is their chance to really put it in action and see what it looks like uh, if you just got kind of backfield workouts uh, and inter-squad scrimmages all the time. Uh, you know, and, and as part of that story on ESPN today with, with Jeff Passan, the, the idea of teams might have like as many as 50 guys on a roster uh, for, for 2020 where you know maybe 30 of them are eligible on any given night but you've got 20 other guys who are either traveling with you or are on reserve that can be called up uh, in a pinch and do guy you know if you're the Mets does a guy like Thomas Zapucky who had very little shot of being a, a major league piece uh, in 2020 uh, in a normal circumstance does he become a guy like you know what if I'd rather have him pitching occasionally out of our bullpen in, in blowout games than having him on a backfield Uh, Maybe we'll give him more of a a major league look than we would have otherwise. And I'll tell you what, uh, to to wrap up what this rotation will look like in the future, Seth Lugo, I will bang this drum forever. (laughs) Seth Lugo should be in the Mets rotation as soon as this season. If he's one of your best pitchers, have him throw more innings. And it's that simple. He can't be too valuable in the bullpen. Put him in the rotation, get six innings at a time from him instead of two innings at a time from him. To me, this is kind of common sense, an argument that people have had forever. I'd love to see Seth Lugo in the rotation. I think he'd be very good at it. Yeah, and I I think it probably makes a little bit more sense for 2021. Not that it doesn't make sense for 2020. If if you need a six starter, Seth Lugo is the best option for that. Uh, But you do lose something out of your bullpen there. If you go into this offseason, you say, we need to fill you know, two rotation slots, maybe three rotation slots, then put Lugo in one of them and, and sign a reliever. That's going to be a little bit more cost effective than going out and trying to sign or, or trade for a bunch of different starting pitchers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's common sense. I, I'd be all for that. Uh, I'm not as hot to try to like doing the same thing with Robert Gesellman. I, I think he's taken to the bullpen and I think he's okay there but I don't see him as being a guy it's been a while since we've seen him start a game I don't see him you know playing up out of the rotation yeah there's not as much there's not as much encouraging stuff there with Gazelle you know like Mm -hmm. he's been a pretty good reliever about a league average reliever maybe a touch below because of of, a bad outing here or there for you the last two years uh, whereas Lugo has obviously been well above league average as a, as a reliever. Uh, when he started in 2018, the, those handful of starts he made in the middle of the season, uh, he looked 
pretty good. Like, you know, it wasn't, he's not going to go out and have the same 2-5 ERA as his reliever as a starter, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to blow up to 4-5 on him. Uh, he, he's changed the way he pitches a little bit, and he pitches kind of like a starter out of the bullpen, uh, which helps him be effective as a reliever, uh, but it suggests that it can be carried over were he to go back into a rotation and work every fifth day, uh, kind of like he wants to. So, I mean, clearly, and just to sum this up, the rotation is going to be a question mark for the first time in years for this Mets team uh, come 2021. And, uh, you know, this should be steady 2020 uh, since they, they do have Waka and Porcello and Steven Matz on the back end to back up Jacob deGrom and, and Marcus Stroman. But, uh, Tim, it's always a pleasure. Enjoy going back and forth with you. Continue the workouts. I want to see traps on you uh, at the ballpark at some point. And, Maybe one thing to help you out: invest in a foam roller. That could be a good thing for you, Tim. You know, I, I need to. I didn't realize I need to do all this pain management stuff. I'm old. You know, I'm not old. I'm not old enough to need these things. I thought, yeah, but here yeah. we are. There, there's an aging process to the pandemic, I believe. All right, we'll see you guys uh, again. Talk to you again next episode dropping on Tuesday morning. For Tim Britton, I'm Pete McCarthy. Take care. Adios.